Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans and happy new year. This is our vantage point, your retro wrestling podcast this Monday, January 2nd, 2017. Quinn, it's good to be back with you. I, of course, am Joe Murata. With me, Michael Quinn. Happy New Year, Quinn. Wow, happy New Year. Right? We're here. We, we made it. We survived Big Show with his diaper, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we were afraid of that. <laughs> yeah, I can still hear him stumbling around somewhere. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day so far, folks. Hopefully you're off from work, and if you're listening to, to us on your day off, thank you. Yeah, don't we usually get off January 2nd? <laughs> Yeah, it's a normal <laughs> holiday. Yeah, normal hey, holiday this year. It is the observed holiday this year. Yeah, very observed. Yeah, I'm observing it observed. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, folks, of course, we are your retro wrestling podcast. Yeah, the the fastest growing weekly retro wrestling <laughs> audio podcast in the world, right? That's what we are. That's our niche. Yeah. <laughs> and at any time, of course, you can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And guess what, Quinn? What is it? You know what I found out? What? We are now in the place to be. Oh, wow, really? We are at that place. Do you oh, see it? Oh, I can see it all now. I there's there's a we're in the driveway. We're like walking in, right? <laughs> yeah, it's orange. It's and... a big welcome party. <laughs> They're going to cut a ribbon to let us in the door. I can't wait. In, oh. In all seriousness, we want to thank those guys for bringing us on board. Yeah, we're very thanks. excited about that. Very excited. We are happy to be on the place to be, and we are of course, like you mentioned earlier, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world yes, and we, we want to grow more yes, so we do how do we do that quinn well they can help us grow faster by going to the itunes right. um we are over there you can subscribe to us <laughs> we're um, over there yeah we're on that um <laughs> you can go to the google play music yeah that great thing uh you can subscribe there as as well do you ever use that to be honest i don't really, i've never but, used it you know it's, we're on it for the people that like it yeah well android you know exactly. people with the android maybe not, it's easier that way not everyone is a fan of the apple i can't tell you because i don't have an android but that's a way to do that um mm-hmm. you can also go on stitcher which is also on the android as well i the hear stitcher and, yeah. the, and the apple you know what else i think we're on are Player you gonna say player fm dot fm Who yeah cares? <laughs> We're also on Blueberry. Yeah, Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. We are. We're on that. And Quinn, I have to ask you, do we have a MySpace yet? No, never, ever, ever. No? Damn. They rejected me. Shoot. Yeah. I do understand, though, that we have a YouTube. We do have a YouTube. I did a new promo spot. Um, yeah. You know, you'll be seeing it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look around, if you just want to have a little visual to go with one of our segments, there's Jobbers, which is the new one up yep, there, and, and also, the Sensational Sherry one is there, it's too. That is from our, the retro days of the retro wrestling podcast, yeah, that's, you know, last year. Would, no, <laughs> well, well, that would actually be like 70 years ago now, or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like, a while ago. Because I'm trying to do the math, but... And folks, um, lest I fail to mention, we have over 40 years of combined fandom, and Throughout this podcast, we'll be talking about some things we remember and some things we wish we didn't. Quinn's going to open today's show with our newest segment from our newer format here. And that, of course, is going to be 
one thing that Quinn misses. I have no idea what it is. He's going to tell me, and I'm going to react to it. Yep. I I think you'll like this one. Oh, okay. It's, well, I mean, it's something we miss, right? So it's, yeah, it's something we be miss. something we actually like, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week, I decided to go with um, something that I miss is that late 80s, early 90s WWF tag team division. Oh, man. What a good tag division. Yeah. I just... <sighs> You know, a lot of people. I feel like it's a it's a common thing to say the tag tag team wrestling's dead and blah blah blah. It, it comes back in spurts. It does. But I think what they're always referencing back to is those hot uh, tag teams of the late '80s, early '90s. You had let's see if we want to run them down here. Yeah, in there, WWF. there's plenty to run. Oh down. my gosh! Yeah. You had, the best thing is is you had like main event like higher tier tag teams. Right, they would main event the B shows, and you'd have like JTTS tag teams. Right, they had a name, they had a gimmick, they had something. Right. Like um, the Young Stallions were like one of those JTTS teams. The Rockers even were really, I mean, they never really won that much. Well, I mean, they were, I would say they were like the mid-card of the tag division. Fair enough. It's amazing you could say there was a mid-card of the tag division. Yeah, exactly. But like the upper echelon would be like the Hart Foundation. The British Bulldogs. The British Bulldogs. Sheik and Volkov. Sheik and Volkov. Not the Bolsheviks. That was more like a JTTS tag team. Right, they were like the loser teams. And then you'd even have jobber tag teams, like complete jobber tag teams, like Sam Champ and like <laughs> WB Mason, I think. Like, you know, like whoever, you know, like. Who? But WB Mason, I believe it was Joe Champ. Joe Champ. Joe Champ. Yeah. <laughs> WB Mason. Well, you know, they, they, you know, when they would just tag team two jobbers to get their butts whooped. That by, guy like, that looks like Sting. Yeah, the guy that looks like Sting. Yeah. So. That that those were the days I think that I missed the most with the tag division as far as right. tag team wrestling is concerned, and I love just the mainline feuds in it, like um, the Hart Foundation versus the Bulldogs, versus right? The Bulldogs and uh, the Hart Foundation. I know they feuded with the Nasty Boys was kind of their end run. Sure, that was their last real demolition. Thing. Demolition. What about the Brainbusters Rockers feud? Yeah, that's a that, good feud. That was an awesome, awesome I, feud. I just I miss those days of like treating the tag title like it's like. Like, it is a world title, right? That's true. It is the world tag team like, championship. it's the best you can do at tag team it's, wrestling. You're at the highest of your profession as a team right. if you win that title. Now, I had always wished that WWF at the time, I think they had the tag division to do it, but the NWA ended up pulling the trigger on the, having a U.S. tag team title. Yeah, and WWF, obviously, it would have been like an intercontinental right, tag team championship. Right, but I don't see why... The WWF certainly could have done that at the time, or even call it like a junior heavyweight tag title, something junior, something where it's something where there's some kind of differentiation between the two, right? Yeah, you're like I, there's enough teams when you got a lot of teams, they, and you're you running could, two, three house shows simultaneously. Right. You, it seems like you should have an undercard tag team champion, right? sure, and you've got your you've got like 18 shows that you could put these guys on. You've got right. your televised house shows back then in the 80s, early exactly. 90s. You've got Superstars Challenge, Primetime Spot. Spotlight, Saturday night's main event when that aired. Yeah. You have a lot of options, right? But do you think that would have clogged up the tag division a little bit too much, maybe? Um, I don't know. I mean, again, NWA seemed to do it because of, like, it was just, it was an interesting how they were able to do it because they had the Midnight Express and they had the Rock and Roll Roll Express. Express. So they could could flip-flop which one of them is going to lead up their their up-and-down tag team. You know, yeah. 
let's not forget WCW slash NWA late '80s, early '90s. They, they had were, some great teams: Steiners, Road Warriors, right? Uh, uh, Tully and Tully and Tully Arn. and Arn, right? Doom was one of them. Doom. A great team. Well, they, you're getting in the late mid or yeah. '90s, but they but, had teams that mattered. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and they they were comparable. Yeah, they're skyscrapers yeah. for better or for worse. You know? Yeah, they were comparable. I mean, the skyscrapers I would always compare to, um, say, uh, the, the Twin, Twin Towers. towers. Yeah, huh, they were buildings. Just, yeah, exactly. All these guys are a bunch of buildings. And that was the other thing. It wasn't. It wasn't a worn out concept yet to put two singles wrestlers together and form an awesome tag team like the Mega Powers. I would say that the Mega Powers is the best like version of the two top single stars being a tag team that there's ever been. Oh, without question. It's better than like rated RKO or whatever they yeah. try now. And remember when it was like Cena and Batista were a team It sometimes? was just random, like Cena and Shawn Michaels. Cena and Shawn Michaels, like, Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I think when that idea, they tried that idea at first with Austin and Michaels. Like that was the, like they had done the Mega Powers obviously, but the right. first time it was like, let's have like just two random main event singles guys be together. Yeah, and and that was a Vince Russo trope, yeah. basically, where it was like the two they hate main eventers other. that hate each other, and they right. conti- they repeated that ad nauseum. Right, but the, the Mega Powers would be the originator. They were the best. Because they hated each other at the and, end. And, right? Yeah, and they started off not trusting each other until that handshake, of course. Right, the infamous, on Saturday night's, yeah, the the infamous, infamous handshake. handshake. That's a great episode. Yeah, of, it is a great episode. Show. I'm glad they never gave the Mega Powers the tag tails, because I think they could have made, they could have really done some damage to a hot tag oh, division gosh. if they had them, like, go run rough shot yeah. over, like... Because Demolition was the tag champions then. That would have screwed Demolition all up. Oh, they would have looked stupid. Well, I mean, they would have really eventually stupid. looked stupid, but... Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a fun time, though, and, like, I mean, we... I'm. I'm talking to you right now, and just random teams come up to mind, like Haku and Andre the Giant. Yeah, the Colossal Connection. Colossal Connection. Or Haku and the Barbarian was a fun team. Right. Or you had uh, the Bushwhackers, The Bushwhackers, and they were like a lower team? Yeah, they were a lower team. Who would you say was your favorite, like, and I'm not talking the super teams like the Mega Powers, but who would, I I know you're going to say the Heart Foundation probably, but like... You want me to besides them? You, Besi- you want to do yeah, it besides? Yeah, and, and I'll keep the Rockers out of the equation. Let's be, let's, yeah, let's take Brett. our favorites out of the equation. Who who would be your like favorite tag team? What's the cutoff year? Like what year? Is, I'd say we it starts here? to get really poopy by ninety three ish. Okay, so. Like, so basically, the Hogan era, essentially, like yeah. while Hogan was in WWF, like yeah. 80, 84 to 93. I would say that's when they had, and you could name an NWA team if there's one you like. If I had to, like, my favorite just in terms of that I enjoy watching. Yeah. You're going to think it's a stupid one. What? Twin Towers. Really? I love the Twin Towers. Huh. I really do, because I like both guys individually. You like Slick, too. I love Slick. I love their music, and I love that they're just big, fat guys that beat the crap out of people. It's a it's a fair choice. I mean, you know? I always... like. It's I, not a work-rate team. You know, yeah, they're no, not a work-rate team. team. I would always say I like Demolition. I just I like, like too. Demolition because I, I like that they're, there's, there's something about them that's no frills. Yeah, like, I mean they have the face paint and the S and M leather. But shit. I mean that they're not they're not treated like oh these guys could you know split up and they would kick ass. It's like no, this is like a team. They need each other. They need each other and they're awesome. Right. Like, and I just like that about demolition. And I like that like say when they were in the Royal Rumble, if they teamed up, they could eliminate anybody. Like Andre the Giant. Like Andre the Giant. Yeah. Remember when they fought and it was like a huge deal. Remember when they fought yeah. each other in the Rumble in '89? <laughs> yeah. It was like nobody knew because they were like equal. Right. Yeah, they people, built that up so well. Yeah. People were losing their minds. Yeah. It's really, it, and that's another thing. It's like it made the Royal Rumble more unique because you had so many established, like strong teams to see them 
do battle was rare. That's true. You know, I like um, I like the Steiner brothers a real lot too. Do you? I do. Uh, I they were totally wasted in WWF. But yeah. I like them as a team, WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no. they never really hit it off with me. No, really? No. What about the smoking guns? What do you think of them? I like them. I, I like I them, too. but then now you're straying into that, that mid-90s, mid-90s. The new generation. I yeah, know, I yeah. know. I don't know. Good um, team, though. Yeah, I I think the WWE tried to like restart all that. They did. I mean, <clears throat> you had like well-done... Oh, stop. Don't... Head shrinkers. No. No. Men on a mission. Yeah. You know what a good team was? was Owen and Bulldog, though. Yeah, I think that was the closest equivalent to, like, trying to reboot the division mm-hmm. after that. And I feel after, you know, it was really after the Hart Foundation and the Rockers, which were, like, the cornerstone of the division. Yeah, I guess Once so. Once they were kind of gone, it was really hard to continue. They tried to have Legion of Doom lead the way. No which one cared we, about Legion of Doom. Which we went over before. Yeah. And they tried, I know they tried to have the Steiners lead the way. They had Money, Inc., too. They had Money, Inc. It just never... Natural disasters. It never clicked like those late 80s, early 90s. Nasty Boys? You don't like them, do you? I hate the Nasty Boys. <laughs> what about the Disasters? Disasters are okay, but I mean, it's also got like Stormtrooper Boy in there, so... <laughs> Stormtrooper Boy? You know, uh... Yeah. Shockmaster. Shockmaster, right. What about the Ding Dongs? They were good, right? No. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're like the conquistadors of WCW every time I look at them. <laughs> like, and the conquistadors are really low That's a jobber garbage. team right like, there. Yeah. Well, the Shadows is like the worst version of them. Remember the Shadows from the oh. mid-80s? Wasn't there some guy, the Panther or something? The Panther? I'm trying to think of guys with masks. <laughs> the Panther? Black Panther. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Shadow Cat? Shadow Cat. Battle Cat. Battle Cat. Yeah, but that was Brady Boone. That guy's awesome. Brady Boone is awesome. That was Brady Boone. Really? I don't know. I uh, think so. Maybe. <laughs> Wasn't it? Man, Brady Boone. What a good wrestler. Why was he never any... I always would watch that guy wrestle in job matches and just be like, this guy should win. He He's was good. probably too small for Vince's liking. That's bullshit. I know. I don't like that. But back to the tag wrestlers. I just, I think it's starting again. I always say this. I feel like I always say this. Like, NXT, NXT. is starting to bring it back to prominence. Why? Because of the revival? The revival, DIY. Yeah, true. Um, they, They've had a bunch of teams. America Al- American Alpha. NXT also gave us the Ascension, so I don't know. Well, that was their that was that was when their division was in the toilet. You see, <laughs> then they, they got better. And then all of a sudden there was all these good teams. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, it. And I say tag wrestling comes back in spurts, but never as long and as lengthy as, as that, that glory years, right? Like eighty five to like ninety three. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You had we. There's some other teams we didn't even mention because there's so many. You had the Dream Team, the Dream Team, yeah, you know, Valentine and Beefcake. They were good. You had um, the Samoans. Yeah, I mean, if you want to count that, I do want to count that because yeah. they were a notable team that like leaked into right. the Hogan era. Yeah, you know, I just. I wish that um that the art of the matches that they put together too. It was like I always felt they were quick and fast paced as opposed to a lot of the main roster at the time. Most of the tag teams were. I mean, the Killer Bees. Oh yeah, you know, see that's another one. The, the Rujos. Yeah, the Rujos. There's so many damn teams, folks. That there, it's like, there's so many, and like you're right. Yeah, and I think a lot of the workers were on the tag teams, which was a change because usually. I mean, we always called the Intercontinental title the worker belt back then, but Wasn't really the, always. I think the tag teams had more of an abundance of guys that should have been in the Intercontinental division, but were like 
in tag teams because they were too small or whatever. Hey, well, two of them did go on to win the Intercontinental title and then the world title. You right. know, Brett and Sean. Yeah. Beefcake, honestly, he was going to win the title until he... He parasailed <laughs> his face into a rock or whatever he did. Yeah. <laughs> so you had that. <laughs> oh, and not, then and then like the yeah. Twin Towers, they yeah. were both single. They were going to be singles wrestlers anyway, but they started as a tag team. Really, they didn't. No, they. St- I mean, if you came want, in solo, because uh, well, I'm counting Akeem as like a separate thing from One Man Gang. Like he started as a tag wrestler as Akeem, if I recall. No, no, no. no. They, he, How long did he wasn't really Akeem by know, himself? Three months. Maybe. Yeah, that's it what I mean. It was like he predom- Akeem was predominantly a tag team wrestler. He was, and then after he, they broke up, he was like Job City. You yeah, know? he and was terrible. That was it for him. Yeah, I, I miss that too. I miss the whole idea of the teamwork. Like the, the teamwork. That yeah. teams would have like certain strategies, like really, and they were like played up. You know, yeah. keep them in our corner. You know, the yeah. he, Bobby Heenan's big mantra there as a heel manager. Right. Keep them in our corner. Cut the ring in half. Cut the ring in half. And then uh, Money Inc was really good at this. It's not like they invented it, but they would do stuff where if the referee would be distracted by the face guy because yeah. he'd be complaining. And they would switch without tagging. Even when they could make the tag, like they were close enough. Right. It was just like such a douchey thing. Right. That they would just switch and like clap in the background. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I love that whole. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, right. like that, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, but they're able to tag. They just don't. Right. That's right, why right. it's really funny. Yeah. They don't even need to, but hey. <laughs> well. I don't know. Well, maybe it's so that they can get away with a tag while the ref's not looking. So that they don't waste the time to. Have I get, to wait I guess until the right. refs turned around or whatever. True, they're cutting corners. They're cutting point. corners, and I felt like that's what they made tag team wrestling about was like cutting everything down to like you know cutting the ring into sections and doing all this. They stuff. would, and you know, and back in those times, like maybe on on the the syndicated shows where they'd throw like one half of a tag team in a, in a singles match, they always sucked more. Th- that and that was the thing, but they would be like, yeah, he's not used to singles competition, right? Right. And I thought that was a nice touch. You know yeah. what I mean? There were some guys like the Anvil where they would like purposely say like he's a good tag team wrestler yeah. but he really stinks yeah. as a singles wrestler or like animal or somebody yeah like yeah he's not used to doing this yeah exactly <laughs> there was this there was this like the wrestlers were really associated with their tag partners mm-hmm. and it, it brought into elements where they would fight in singles matches and it would just it was all worked into the universe that was back then you yeah know i, I mean? agree with like, you I I just I just really miss it, and I wish it would just come back. Honestly, I, I really wish they would just kind of. I don't want to separate the tag teams off. I just want them to be treated equally, and that you know, if they have to wrestle a singles match against a you know John Cena or something, then yeah. that's fine. But you know, like you're pining a little bit for a little more of the flavor of that era. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's more exactly teams what I want. with more continuity. And more like um, a stronger association with with their tag partner. Right, exactly. Where they're like, they need each other. Speaking of needing each other, we'll be back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's twice the mayhem with new WWF tag team players. Match the rocker, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty against Smash and Crush of Demolition. Hey, it's a double team. What a cracker. Oh, what a smash. It's time to run. Uh, and roll! Yeah! Look out, Demolition! It's the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch! Hey, Kaz! Nobody stands up to the Donut Out Blaster! Oh, the thunder from Donut The Bushwhackers win! Yeah! WWF Tag Team figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring! 
You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest-growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. Welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, your Retro Wrestling Podcast 2017 edition. Wow. It's we like are, the future. We are in the future. 2017. Whoa. Did you see a flying car today? I, I did, actually. Oh. I went to Speedway in a flying car. <laughs> it was speedy. It was very speedy. Got my cigarettes there. It was yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Quinn, you know where else? Where are we? <laughs> Besides the future? Where in the future? The place to be in the future, Oh, Quinn. wow. Yeah. That's a good place. I am very happy we're on that, aren't you? Uh, me too. Not uh, only Because not only can you find us there. Yeah, there's other great podcasts over there, too. You could go listen to other wrestling podcasts just like us. Yeah, just like us, but a little different. You know, we're yeah. all a little different there. It's a great grab bag of things. We're the past. The old wrestling podcasts are they're a little in the bit present. in the present. Some of them look back. Some are yeah. in the future, I yeah, think. Yeah, so like, they're... they're you know, Bruce Robo Brutus Beefcakes yeah, there or something. That's a really weird thing. We're also on the Twitter. Uh, you can, of course, tweet at us, folks, at OVP Podcast. We're on email, too. We're on email. We Do got... you know what that is? <laughs> it's the future. It's 2017. We're on email. and <laughs> We're on the web um, and in <laughs> cyberspace. Yeah. And you can send us an email, an electronic mail, at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That's OVP Podcast. <laughs> Quinn, I also understand that on iTunes they can review us. Is that right? Yeah, there's this thing where you can review us. We like the reviews. It helps people get the word out. Yeah. So that they can listen to this good podcast also. Yeah, maybe we can knock Colt Cabana off the charts. Yeah, right. Yeah, if we get 7,000 reviews. I don't think 7,000 people even listen to this show. <laughs> I don't but, even think 700 people listen yeah, to this show. So. It's going to take a bit, but if we keep pecking away, folks. We'll be pecking. Uh, Speaking of pecking, uh, the next segment here (laughs) is called What Do You Think Of? And this is where Quinn and I will alternate each week asking each other what we think of something from the world of retro wrestling. Today it's my pick. And Quinn, I'm going to put this out there for you. Yep. What do you think of Crush? Oh! Why? Oh yeah, crush. Why? Crush. Why? That's right. Okay, crush. Yeah, crush. Uh, what do I think of him? Yeah, crush. Disappointing, <laughs> okay. to say the least. In in what regard? Okay, so he comes in as um, you Ugh. know, the demolition team member which That was disappointing to me. I don't know about it's you. It's disappointing because as a demolition fan, as I said in the last segment there, it was like this imposter, right? It was like this Oh, the other demolition guy, right? Yeah, it's just like all out of nowhere, too. Yeah, no explanation. It's just like, there. Yeah, we got crushed now. It's like, <laughs> what? Great. What is his, this? Do you realize, do you, if you really think about it, do you realize his whole career name is based on yes. this demolition Isn't thing? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. In, like, in a way, that's kind of cool. He's, he's And he goes on like forever, too. As he's crush. Like, Unless until he goes to WWE, it's Wrath or whatever. He was no, he was just Brian Adams. Oh, Brian, sorry, they're like the same thing. Brian right? Clark was Wrath. Yeah, sorry. Adam Bomb. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> Who might be worse than yeah, Crush? They're like the same thing anyway. They're both <laughs> shit. But anyway, chronically bad, you might say. So he goes, and then he screws up Demolition. He's probably the one that had the idea for the poopy music. <laughs> Ding! Ding! Yeah, he's the worst. Um, I just don't like him. Um, then he goes away. Yeah. For a, a brief hiatus, right? And he comes back in the middle of 92. And this is where I hate him the most. He's wearing the neon purple and the neon yellow and orange and all that. And he is suddenly from Hawaii as the Kona Crush. Yeah, brah. And he always <laughs> says that. Bruh. He, okay. 
I have so many problems with this guy because <laughs> he just they want him to be good, mm-hmm. but he just feels like this like JTTS right off the bat. He had a really stupid finisher. Yeah, the crush your head thing, which is Kerry <laughs> Von Erich's finisher, except with one hand. He has to use two, so I guess he's shittier or Good something. Good thing it wasn't like a two-footed finisher. Yeah. Too oh, soon. stop. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> yeah. Too soon? Yeah, too soon. <laughs> anyway. Um, so you didn't like him? <laughs> yeah, I, I it's just... It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's... Well, <laughs> it is hard to tell because there is a point where I like him. But I don't want to. I want to first reflect on Hawaii Crush on Face Crush. Yeah, he had a weird face because now the face paints <laughs> off, right? Right. He's got like blonder hair. He had blonder hair, and his, his mullet is, was mulletier. His face is just like kind of like it looks like a like a panini or something, like <laughs> a, a calzone. I can't. think. It's you don't like, like it? Yeah, yeah. I, his face never bothered me. Is like his hair did. His face looks like it makes like that's the sound it makes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crush. Um, his feuds were never that memorable. He had the Doink feud. Yeah, but that was good for Doink. You know, yeah, it wasn't good for wasn't Crush. Good for like him. a doofus. Yeah, they hits him with the arm thing, <laughs> yeah. and they sell it like it's the worst thing that did ever he happened. Feud with Yoko Zuna too. He did. He uh, tried to slam him actually before Could, Luger. Oh, because he's so strong, right? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, got Crush him up. from Demolition is so strong. <laughs> Hey! Get, oh God! He's so <laughs> Why does that bother you? <laughs> because he's just—he's a tag wrestler that's not very good, and they're treating him like he's Bret Hart. <laughs> they treated him better than Bret. Yeah, he, they thought he was going to be Hulk Hogan or something. He even kind of looks like Hulk Hogan with more hair. A lot more hair, and 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 suspenders. Equal amount of orange suspenders. But you know that the the get up the the tights with the suspender things on. Mm. What do they call that? A singlet. Singlet, but it's a doublet. Doublet. Yeah, a doublet. <laughs> he's got two straps. Yeah, he's got two straps, and I his stupid logo. Just <laughs> the crush logo. Yeah, I don't like that. Now he gets squished by Yokozuna on Raw in July of '93. He comes back in October. Still no face paint, uh, no. but he has a goatee, so his face is less like. And um, this is the crush I kind of like better. You are the only human to ever say that. Well, because he just seems like a big, mean asshole, and he's he got is. Mr. Fuji with him, so it's kind of like a, a return to, you know, the crush that sort of worked, I guess, yeah, he's in got, Demolition. he's got Fuji with him, but now he, all of a sudden he's like, oh, Mr. Fuji, best thing ever, brah. No, 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 the Master Fuji. And now he knows karate. And now I know karate because yeah. Mr. Fuji with the martial Anybody arts. Anybody ever, this is just a retro wrestling tip, if you're under the tutelage of Mr. Fuji, it means you know karate. This has been your retro wrestling tip from yeah. Uncle Quinn. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's just... It's true, though. Everyone that knows Fuji just seems to know karate. I'm yeah. surprised Don Morocco didn't. Ber- Berserker did didn't. Yeah, but I don't know. They still would mention martial arts occasionally. <laughs> Gorilla was the, the the first and foremost, I think, always say that, you know? Martial and arts. Fuji's an expert of all the martial arts somehow. What does that mean? Like, really? He knows taekwondo? He's going to pull him out of his hat. <laughs> his top hat. So back to Crush. So he changes his getup into still the, a similar thing, but now it's a dark purple. Yeah, well, it's a dark purple evil. and black, more black, right? Yeah, and more black, and whatever his music now was. Now he has pants. Sucked, yeah, and he has more pants. Yeah, and boots. And boots. Well, he always had boots, Well, didn't but he? they're not dumb and orange, yeah, so he looks slightly better. So you're telling me, if 
you had to choose between the face crush and this boring ass karate kicking guy, you like the karate well, kicking guy? Well, this guy picked a fight with the Macho Man, if I recall. He did pick a fight with the Macho Man, which and is that was rare. Fairly, no one picks a fight with the Macho Man. Fairly, yeah, because you know you're gonna lose. Fairly interesting feud, man. yeah, and he did lose, but didn't okay. And then he gets tied. Yeah, I was just gonna got say tied up at WrestleMania. <laughs> Macho Man ties him up at WrestleMania and and hangs him, and he just looks like such a doofus well you know why down. he looks stupid why because it's the worst tie-up job ever <laughs> he like falls on the ground where he could clearly get himself out but he's like oh i don't know what to do and then like macho man has to like run back and like string him back up again and this is all at wrestlemania too like the biggest show of the year this gets <laughs> fucked up you're telling me they couldn't have a guy off camera to just like hold him up like it's the way it's set up there literally could be a guy off camera just holding it and nobody would ever know. I guess you're right. It's true. And that there's nobody sticking around back there. Razor Ramon can't just hold <laughs> it up. Anybody just that's in working, that's strong. <laughs> so I, I I'm sorry to say, but I think that match is the high point of Crush's career. Yeah. Well, what would you think of the nation? I mean, the nation elevated Crush. Well, he came back with Clarence Mason in '96. Clarence well, Mason. First of all. Let, let me just uh, remind everyone that he was there until about the summer of 94 yep. as a heel. Didn't do anything, really. Disappears, comes back at Rumble 95, and he's I think he's number 30. Uh, is he in Rumble 95? He is, yeah. yeah as the, it still has the same Still has the same yeah. old crush. He also somehow was in a Bollywood movie where he fought Brian oh, Lee yes. no, as and the, the under- Undertaker, yeah, the but it was Brian Lee. That was weird. It was, yeah. it was the under faker. That, oh, wow. That is really odd. Folks, if you haven't forgot seen about that, that, I don't remember the name of it offhand, but you should just look up Crush versus Undertaker Bollywood. Yeah. It is surreal. Aren't they on like a, a ship, too? The, yeah, it's like they're on the Intrepid, yeah, I think. It, I don't they know must what have is going on. when they did the Yoko <laughs> angle. And it doesn't like Undertaker kill Crush in the movie? There's like electricity hands or something. It's really weird. Something about it doesn't something, make sense. Something is very off. But it's not the Undertaker, folks. It's yeah. the under faker. Is it, are you sure it's Bollywood? It's not. Um, it's Bollywood. It's not um, Hong Kong. No, it's Bollywood. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. So then Crush gets arrested for the drugs or something like that, or the guns. I yeah. can't remember. And what. this is how he acquires his face tattoo. Right. In prison. <laughs> I think he probably acquired his face tattoo from Fisher Price. But <laughs> that wasn't real, right? No, it wasn't yeah, real. Okay. <laughs> I always, I always get confused with that. It is a very convincing because they don't do the usual where it looks like pain. It looks like faded. So it's like actually looks like a tattoo. I guess you're right. It's one of the most convincing tattoos. It's more convincing than Hakuji face tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, so he comes back with Clarence Mason as an ex-con. Right. That's his gimmick. Now he's been mistreated or something, and you would. Th- this is a perfect time to have the big boss man, but they don't. Or nails. Yeah. <laughs> In oh, a battle man. of the Imagine ex-cons. Nails and. <laughs> Crush teaming up against Big Boss Man and like Mountie has to team with him because like the cops have to like it's like a North American yeah. freaking like crisis here. Yeah, it's a crisis, so the Mountie has to like join forces. Why are we fantasy booking yeah. this? What <laughs> it are we would doing? be awesome. It's like after the prison thing, it's like they they like make up. What? This Big is Boss Man wor- and Mountie. This is something that someone would like book in like the late nineties on TNM Seven, like the wrestling simulator. Oh yeah, that thing. Remember that? Mm. Yo, do we have a copy of that we, yeah. we we should find out who would win yeah we should actually mousy just... and big boss man versus 
crushing and nails. nails. I'll just fi- that sounds like the worst match ever. <laughs> I'll just fire up DOS over here. Well, <laughs> wait a sec. Can't Sim you do this. that nowadays in WWE 2K games? You'd have to make nails. They ain't ever putting nails in a video game. I'm sure somebody's made nails. I'm sure someone's <laughs> made nails. And I'm sure somebody's made Prison Crush. And yeah. I'm sure somebody's made the Mountie as well. He better be in a game. He's not in any of the games. I don't think he is. I've never seen him. Maybe somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I've never seen the Mountie in anything. But he's the Mountie. Yeah, is the Gobbly Gooker in games? I because- fuck you. Yeah, you know what? He probably is because they think they're so funny. If like, the gobbly- ho, ho, look at this joke that we know it's funny now. Well, the problem with the Mountie is that they would have to get the Mountie music to put him in the game. Yeah. And, and do they own that? Yeah, they have everything now, I think. They could probably work that out. Okay. I, by the way, I don't like how like WWE thinks like they're like meta now, and they're like, look how stupid the gobbledygooker was. <sighs> yeah, it's like it's celebrating Vince's bad ideas like he's still a genius somehow. Yeah. It's and, like, no, I did that on purpose. No. And they're like trying to pander to like people that know it was dumb, but we're like, we knew it was dumb before you guys did. I think the normal common folk knew it was dumb. They knew you it didn't was even dumb kn- about eight seconds after that thing came out of the damn egg. And it wasn't Ric Flair, and they were all sad. I still say, why would Ric Flair be in a giant egg? I think we're diverging a little bit. I don't even... <laughs> Crush was at that Survivor Series, by the way. Is that where he first... No, that wouldn't be where he He's first He's at appeared. SummerSlam, yeah. but I mean, he appeared in April. It was like Demolition won the tag titles at WrestleMania 6, and like three weeks later, they're like, we're heels now, and here's Crush. And you're like, what? It's so... <laughs> like, why'd you do so this? It's so disappointing. It is. It's like... They were so good at WrestleMania six. They they were, and, and then, then crush, crush comes along. So you you wanted to talk about the Nation Crush. So that's like XCon Crush, but then he right. joined the Nation with Savio, with Savio and Farouk, and Farouk and um, D'Lo Brown was like floating around in the background, yeah. but he wasn't really in it. Well, he was just had a hat on and just raised his hand at the beginning of matches. Got Pearl River plunged. Yeah, onto and the then truck he would, he'd get his ass whooped. Like yeah, D'Lo was not even a thing. He wasn't was he even called D'Lo. He was just. Nation I think he was guy. unnamed for a while. Yeah. yeah. Now after that, they he gets booted. Crush does from the nation, and he forms a very very interesting stable. <laughs> the DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse, so, with with eight ball with Scott. <laughs> that that's the one you remember. Yeah, that's eight that, ball. Well, because his head was bald, like he was an eight ball. And, and Skull, who also, you know, his head was bald like a, a skull. Do you think Do you think they should have painted a skull on one guy's head and an eight on, an, on the other guy's it head? It would have helped because they're I fucking tell identical the twins. To, yeah, the they, Harris twins. Yeah, they, I, I couldn't... Jacob and Eli Blue, I couldn't already tell the difference, and now they're bald. Yeah. They look exactly <laughs> the same. They can't... One of them can't have a goatee or not have a goatee. One of them or, can't be a good wrestler. Yeah. They both suck, too, they by the way. At, they're terrible. And, of course, the fourth member of that stable was... Primetime Brian Lee as Chains. Yeah, Chains. <laughs> and, <laughs> folks, have you never heard of the DOA? And most of you probably have if you're even listening to this. You know, why well, would you? But if you hadn't heard of the DOA, picture the Undertaker's biker gimmick <laughs> a few years early. Except an entire faction yeah. of Undertaker <laughs> an bikers. An entire faction of the Undertaker in 2000. Also bald Undertakers. Yeah, t- <laughs> two bald Undertakers. And two the Undertaker. Under faker. <laughs> two, the Undertaker and just a guy that looks like the Undertaker also with a face tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> that it, was a DOA. Yeah. So they were jobberific, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I they they would basically I felt like they feuded with the Los Berwiquas like endlessly. For a million like, years. Endlessly. Yeah. Like did that go to ninety nine? It was so long. No, but by ninety nine they turned um well, let me backtrack. Crush leaves after the screw job. Because he was like, Bret Hart's good, brah, and then yeah. he left. Oh, yeah, he was in WCW briefly. 
He was. So then he joined the NWOB team. Ugh. Why? Um, good Because they needed move. another WWF yeah. guy. Real that. good career move. <laughs> Go there. Um, Join Scott Norton. <laughs> Chains is only there until about mid-98. So the DOA becomes a tag team. And I don't know if you remember this, Quinn, but it's in my memory. They turn heel and they're managed by Paul Ellering. Oh, wait. They're there until like 99. How does Paul Ellering <laughs> always come to pick up the pieces of some shitty big man team and say he's going to turn things around? He's like, I am good. And nobody cares. Like, I have a computer. Yeah, he sucks. If you get Paul Ellering, your career's going right down the toilet. He's awful. Really, he is. Uh, you don't like Paul Ellering, huh? He sucks so much. <laughs> I'm so mad that he somehow resurfaced again. Like now. Like how? I don't know. Who is hiring him? Triple why, H, apparently. Why is he considered good? He's smart. Bullshit. <laughs> if he's so smart, how come everyone he's ever managed since Legion of Doom sucked? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Okay, well, before we wrap up here, the final verdict. Quinn, on a scale of 1 to 10, give me a rating on Crush. 2. Whoa! I was going to say 3 out of 10. Well, we were close. <laughs> yeah. So I, He's just, he's very not whatever. Not inspiring. He, you know what it is? Not very it's, talented. He had potential, but he just, he never lived up to it, but not even in like a, like, he got close. He just never was even close. Yeah. Like, that's that's the problem with Unfortunate, Crush. but it's true. So you would say, we talked about Hercules last week. Last week. He's worse than Hercules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because at least Hercules kind of didn't really have any buildup or anything. It was just like, he was Hercules. Hercules the- could have been a little bit better. Crush could have been a lot better. I think Hercules was closer to a title than Crush ever was, because Crush inherited a belt. That's about it. Yeah, he didn't even win that. Yeah. <laughs> the tag title with Has, Demolition. Did Crush, no, Crush never had a belt, did he? No. Wow. I mean, yeah. Hercules never did Crush either. Crush is shit. Like, he just sucks. <laughs> Final verdict from Quinn. Crush is shit. It is time to move on to our next segment, which is called One of My Favorites. And Quinn's going to tell me one of his favorites from I've been, wrestling. I've been debated between two things okay. this whole show. All right. And I think I'm going to go with this particular one because it's a little more broad, and I know... You love this. Okay. I mean, it should be a favor, right? It's one of my favorites, Sure, that's right? the point, yep. WWF primetime wrestling. <laughs> it's so good. Ooh, okay. Okay, let me let me, let me let me say a few words here. I'm so excited okay, about this. Okay, go ahead. So it started in January of 1985, and it was right. hosted. This is weird. It was hosted by a wrestling announcer named Jack Reynolds. Nobody remembers this no. era. And it, this lasted for maybe six, seven, eight months, until the summer of 95, uh, 85. Yeah. And Jesse Ventura. Right. So he was there from the beginning, Jesse Ventura. So he got the body there. And the format always started as and remained. You'd have the host segments, and they would go to taped matches. And they would sit next to this, like, TV-looking yeah. thing that wasn't a TV. It, it was, was just, just green screen yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what they would basically do is it was a two-hour show, and it was a lot of matches that weren't completely current like you'd have stuff that was maybe like a few weeks old but a lot of the times it was stuff from like a few months old. i think of it this way it was like coliseum tape matches yeah. that wouldn't make it to the coliseum yeah. tapes like and it was some, like yeah. now we got more matches left over which 
I wanted to address just the format while we're here real quick. Yep. I think the WWE is ripe for a program like this, to be honest with you, because they have the hosts, that can, and they have the studios now with the network, because they have to film network content, right? Mm-hmm. Why not use... They're, they're on the road, what? They're... They're at least doing three to four house shows a week. Yeah, at least four. Yeah, Why not yeah. put some of this stuff on the network in a primetime format? Don't they film everything in some capacity anyway they now? They don't. They still don't. Really? When we went to NXT, they even had like a freaking thing set up. They only it. film things that they think will be important for promotional okay. purposes. Oh, and like, okay. Like they don't have like an actual camera set up at every live show gotcha. like they did back then. Gotcha. And it's usually not a good. They don't have a multi camera set up at anymore. Even because I've noticed when they've had to show you these NXT matches, it's just from one camera view. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So back to the prime time. Right. Yeah. I, and I do agree with you. By the way. Uh, something similar to that, that format would be good, right? Especially with the network, and you just you can put these matches on that you're you're film you're you're going on the road this many times a day. You might as well you have some get, content. You there, might as well yeah. get some content out of it, right. right? So what they would do is they would have um, a lot of matches, you know, from house shows, from syndicated shows. They would show stuff from superstars and challenge and all and that. And some of these matches were weird. So you'd have some weird stuff. A lot of times you'd have like maple leaf stuff too yeah, you, thrown in. Yeah, you know, you'd have Dino Bravo versus... Like you know, Jose Luis Rivera. Right. And then sometimes <laughs> you'd have like matches that you thought you'd never see. Like, you know, you'd have like your ultimate warriors fight like fucking Hercules or yeah. something. Like, Frenchie just, Martin. Yeah, it's just weird shit. Like... But in a good way. Like, in a good stu- way. Like, stuff... It, it totally encapsulated that whole like... um if you want more wrestling, come to primetime. Right. And it was like two hours long, too. That, that's the one thing about it. So so um, Jack Reynolds gave way to Gorilla Monsoon in the summer of 85. Right. So you had Ventura and Monsoon, which is a great team. Jesse Ventura starts doing Hollywood more, starts having like literally other commitments. Right. And in the spring of 86, he's replaced full-time with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And this is where the show hits its stride. It yes. becomes probably the best thing they had yeah. Going for a while. Bobby I mean, not, Heenan, the, not to say that Superstars wasn't the A show, but Primetime was. was like a special It was different, different yeah, because yeah. Superstars was the A show in terms of like current storylines, current events. It was curious to me that Primetime was in that Primetime, literally a Primetime Yeah, on the TV USA spot, Network, yep. But, but they wasn't their main show. It wasn't their main show. But let's put it this way. It is one of the most entertaining two yeah. hours of wrestling television during that time period. Like, it's amazing. And it consistently is from that format from 86 until February of 91, where it's Gorilla and Bobby in the studio, bantering, bickering, having fun. Let's address that. I I actually want to say, how do you feel about that? Because I know you have a lot to say about it. What, about that era with the two of them? I think it is one of the most comforting ways to watch these crappy matches. Yes. You know? And I like that they would even do the thing that when the commercial breaks would come, they'd also be like, oh, but it looks like it's going well or whatever. Yeah, you know? and like, exactly. But then on top of all this is you have Bobby just being ridiculous. Like the best stuff that Bobby could produce is on this show. Absolutely. Like he is so funny. To the point where they had to give him his own thing later they on. They did. They gave him the last half hour of it for a little while as the Bobby Heenan show. Right, which for, was kind of stupid. It was kind of stupid. He needed Gorilla, but people yep. kind of didn't realize that till yeah. they did that. He needed Gorilla. But there's so many good things on primetime. Like, I love the little episodes where they're like, 
on location somewhere. Oh, man. They go to Atlantic City. They go to Vegas. The, the Alamo one. The Alamo. We watched one where they went to Tony Paco's hot dog place in, like, Ohio or something. Yeah, what the? Yeah, the, and then Bobby eats the, like, he doesn't want to eat the hot the dog. spicy hot dog. And then Gorilla spices up his hot dog, and he yeah. gets all, like, stupid about it. And the thing is, is this, if you've never seen them, it sounds mundane. These two make that, like, it's the most entertaining, important it's so thing good. in the world. And the other thing that they do, on top of being really funny. Yeah. Like, legitimately funny even now. Yep. Um, on top of this, they make it seem like they bring the world of the WWF to life. Like, yes. Like, they well make said. it seem like a, stuff is happening in the background that if back then you're only seeing the matches, they make it seem like there's deals and things and, like, just little things happening and that there there's a world behind this wrestling behind superstars right behind exactly. challenge behind saturday night's main event and the pay-per-views yeah there's other things they, there's they other aspects. animate they animate an unanimated background i, I agree 100% i love that show with the two of them hosting it because it is a nice slice of wrestling from that time period right and it really makes you if you if you didn't get to see the prime times mm-hmm. and you didn't you really only got to see the pay per views that for many years that that was mostly what was available the pay per views. Oh, you mean in the nineties and, and yeah before the network fan, yeah before the network it was a lot harder to track these things right down. and so you would just really see the pay per views if you went and looked back but yeah. now getting to see this you really understand what was going on to build up these things right, right? these little week to week subtle things that weren't always mentioned in a pay per view recap now was primetime the place where they found I this might be just an off thing but it's related to Bobby mm-hmm. is that where they mentioned the whole how Andre's contract for the million dollars and then he sold it back thing probably yeah and it is where there were subtle things I know this when when Bobby was secretly working with Andre after Andre was suspended as one of the machines right that was where that like all unfolded where he was like subtly working with Andre the Giant to yeah. get reinstated. Oh right 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 when they transitioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is part of it and that's on the network now I think. Mm-hmm. It is. So primetime right now on the network is only up to basically the show before WrestleMania 3. Yeah, unfortunately. But that's not even like it gets way better after that. Mm-hmm. Just if you're if they you're get looking a new at, set. Yeah, if you're looking at primetime right now on the network and you're like why are they so excited about this? It gets better. 88 and 89 are even better in my opinion. Yeah. I even like the stuff with Piper. I know you don't like it, but it's really a funny arc. One thing that you and I have always said that we don't like about it is it seems like Gorilla and Piper will start shows automatically making fun of Bobby. He didn't even do anything yet. They gang up on him. Yeah, and he just doesn't, it's unwarranted, and I understand Bobby had a yearly, like, years of history of antagonizing Gorilla, but... But they would start immediately on his case. Yeah, it was really upsetting, and you're almost, like, weirdly rooting for Bobby, but doesn't this all lead? I might be mixing things up, but what's that whole thing okay. where like Rick Rude There's gets involved? There's two things. Yeah, I'll explain the two really this cool is, things. This is such a good little. You have to explain There's, this. There's Joe. two things that Quinn really likes that happened on primetime, and sometimes because I've talked to him, he'll mix them together in his mind. But here's the two things, and they weren't too far apart. In early '89, Heenan had been managing the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. He dumped him, and he took Steve Lombardi, yeah. the jobber, and turned him into the Brooklyn Brawler. He was kind of like his personal. Stooge. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to take this guy on the top. He but didn't, really, he, he didn't did, mean it. He didn't mean it, and really, he's just his goon. He's a goon. So one of the things that happened on primetime that's notable and well-remembered is Bobby Heenan has Terry Taylor on there, and he's like doing this whole shtick, and he's like, I'm sorry, let's shake hands, right? Right. So he shakes Terry Taylor's hand, 
And then he slaps, Bobby slaps Terry Taylor. Okay. Oh, what? Why are you doing that? And then out of nowhere, the brawler in with cigar in his mouth and like that cap and the, yeah, yeah, the, the whole get up, shirt, the ripped up Yankee shirt. Has a wooden stool, hits Gorilla Monsoon yeah, with it. He hits Gorilla. For nothing. Why, why, why would you do that? This is the thing, Which right? never happened back okay. then. So he nails Gorilla and like it's this weird, awkward, like they don't know what to do when they cut right. to commercial break. And like, and then when they come back, Gorilla's like, I he's like, no, Gorilla's not there. Gorilla's not there, and Bobby is like somber, and he goes, Gorilla, I net, we never meant to hurt you. Yeah, you just got in the way. Like this whole apology. It's very interesting. He's like, we, he's like, we meant to hurt Terry Taylor. Yeah, (laughs) it's like we meant to hurt Terry Taylor, but you were not. You just unfortunately you got in the way, and we're really sorry. Right? Yeah. I don't know if he actually says sorry, but he he comes very close to apologizing. It's one of the rarest like it's one of those rare moments that you realize gorilla and bobby have like this relationship yeah like that they might even be beyond the show right like and it's awesome it was really nice and then there's the other one that's really just violent is now, the time rick rude comes in so i'll set he, yeah i'll set this one up so what had happened was uh bobby heenan went and got his own show as we mentioned right right it only lasted four episodes he comes back and Piper had been his replacement in the meantime. Yeah, and he was a real pain in the ass. Yeah, he was a pain in the ass. So they had this other studio that they called. It was called Studio B. To, it was explicitly there to separate the two because they wouldn't stop bothering each other. Right. So by this point, Piper is in Studio B most of the time. Yeah, he's got his own chair. and He's got his crap. own chair, and he's just such an ass wipe yeah. from that studio. <laughs> All like, he's, he's doing is... Making he's fun so of Bobby. Annoying. Yeah. It's his only purpose. He doesn't do anything else. No. And Piper and Rude are feuding because um, Piper helped cost Rude the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 89. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That was another important part of this whole development. So there's this one episode. I don't remember which one it is, like the date or anything like that, where, um, if I'm not mistaken, Bobby and Piper are going back and forth like the whole time. And then at some point, Rick Rude... And Bobby Heenan yep. are in Studio B, beating the shit out of Piper. It's so good. And, like, don't they, like, run back to Studio A and, like, Gorilla's, like, freaking out? Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, hey bro! That's your problem, huh? Oh, you right. 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 Come, Come on, on, on you want to be to me? 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 Relax, relax, relax. Relax, relax. I, I feel like Rude's beating him with, like, some kind of stick or something. Yeah, there's like, something. Yeah, it, it is just... I, that show yeah. is so ahead of its time. It was so because fun. Because you know why it's ahead of its time? It's, like, it's subtle how it lulls you into thinking, I'm going to watch some jobber matches from Madison Square Garden. But there's really what's going on is that they're building this story in the back of your mind right. about all the happenings in the World Wrestling Federation. And then occasionally it will spill, it spill over, over into the program. And like, it w- yeah, and it wasn't often, but when it did, it mattered. There's even other weird stuff, When the more I'm thinking of it. Like, the time when, like, Bobby was going to buy Christmas presents or something, and, like, he's a cheapskate, and Freddie Blassie is, like, yeah, yelling off happens. stage that he wants money from him, that he owes him. <laughs> yeah, Fred Blassie. That also established the gimmick of Bobby being a cheapskate, which yes. led into the end of Bobby. Yeah, there's a couple of things, and I'll wrap up the... I- 
the we'll boat, wrap up the, the boat thing is part the of boat, it. Yeah. The boat one was funny, where Bobby rents a yacht, but he pretends that it's his. Right, and they get kicked off of it. It's it's a whole. I will, I will say arc. I will say that that kind of kicks off the arc of Bobby is not really as rich as he says he is. Right, that's true. Yeah, I mean that's something that was explored in WWF magazine around '93. Right, but when that's it was like on in, his way out. That's in what '90 80, or '89? Yeah, it's early. Yeah, it's early. Um, one of the things that I really liked about that version, and I want to just final do a final touch on the the end of the show too in a yeah. second, um, is you could tell that they really liked each other, and a lot of times Bobby would get Gorilla to laugh out that, of, out that, of yeah. character, and that was really that was the some of the highlight moments of the show when Gorilla would just he couldn't help himself and he would just start laughing. <laughs> He'd be like, <laughs> yeah, because Bobby is just so funny. This is the cheapest phone I've ever seen in my oh, life. Real. Now, wait a minute. Can I get a decent phone? Here's I don't have to ask. You're Hello? Sorry. Hello? <laughs> well, somebody give me a decent phone. That's all I ask. Now I've got to put this thing together. Uh, That's what he would do. Yeah. You'd usually have Gorilla like, do like this little laugh and all that. Right. And it was really funny because Bobby is one of the funniest things in the world. And he, yeah. would just, he, he would just hear Gorilla be like, <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, you know? exactly. It was just funny. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... For whatever reason, I, I I've heard the ratings were I've going heard down. Of ratings or too. Who cares? That show's so good; it could gone on forever. Yeah, in February of '91, it was the end of that era. But primetime lived on. Primetime lived on in my least favorite version of it. <laughs> this is the worst, and probably everyone's. Yeah, it's the all new WWF. The Vince McMahon hosted variety show version with the ring ropes, get with the people. ring rope like set. It looked like the set of like Maury fucking Povich. No, it looked like it was Double Dare. Or <laughs> yeah, something. that's it's, even better. It, Double it's Dare. Stupid. Bobby, of course, was the host, but they always made a point to make Bobby out to be like dumb. Yeah, they and. I re- I remember this one episode when they're hyping the WBF. Yeah, and then like they make fun of Bobby. Like Vince is like, "Why don't you work out? You say you're so good." And they just make him next to like a bodybuilder, so he just looks even stupider. Yeah, like th- it's everything exists to make fun of Bobby, which kills the whole. You need Bobby to be able to hit pot shots yes. at people. But if you just make him look like an idiot all the time, it doesn't work. Right. And yeah, he'd be falling down or getting embarrassed. Yeah. I'm sure his pants were pulled down. Oh, all the time. Vince had Zubas. He looked like a fuck. Like, Vince, Vince fucking thought. Vince broke that show. Yeah, Vince thought he was like this, like, entertainer. He like, thought he was going to come in and he would make that show funny. I'm here to fix the show, pal. And no, you fucked it up, Vince. Yeah, it, it was good the way it was. Studio audience yeah. probably fucking Horrible. interns that have to sit there. Yeah, and it uh, was probably filmed right in Connecticut, right? It probably was, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah, it was, and it didn't last that long. It only lasted until I believe yeah, that November. Blue chunks it <laughs> to the point where they had to get the next format. Yeah, in November of '91, they switched to a roundtable format, which I like a lot better. It's okay. It's, it's still not Gorilla and Bobby, but no. it's closer to it. Yeah, in but this, you got Reverend Slick there. Sometimes, yeah. In this version, you'd have Vince heading up a discussion that would include bo- always Bobby Heenan, right? And initially, Mr. Perfect on the Well, Gorilla would be on the other side of the table a lot, right? Gorilla would be on the face side, and I think Slick was the first, you know, the original face. The Reverend Slick. The Reverend Slick. The face one. 
And it was similar. It was just a lot of banter in between yeah, the that, matches. Yeah, that did have one good moment with the time where Gorilla and Bobby play the Super video Super WrestleMania. Yeah, they play Super that's WrestleMania funny. against each other. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. And as time went on, you know, the uh, the roundtable lineup evolved. Sometimes Duggan was there, Hillbilly yeah. Jim. A lot of it was, I felt like, built around hyping the Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair connection. Yeah, and Bobby, Bobby and Flair. Yeah. I mean, Bobby and Perfect nonstop will be going well, on they, around Well, that's Flair. how they really fleshed out the whole connection between Bobby exactly. and... and perfect and and flair because yeah. every week you turn on your tv you know and those two are sitting next to each other talking about rick flair right and hyping the shit out of him and it had a very good notable moment during the it's dying days in november which was where perfect turned face on right. prime time yep that was kind of the end that that was pretty much the end king by the way is the one that replaced perfect yeah king was on that panel oh wow i didn't realize i never saw one with king on it i haven't either now, well i probably have i but. do remember the one nice thing when they ended primetime, the week before the first Raw... January 4th. I think it's Gorilla? Or who's yes. hosting it? It's Gorilla? It's Vince and Gorilla and Bobby in like a, not even really a set. They're just like sitting somewhere backstage. It's like backstage. a nice farewell to primetime. And they show some highlights and stuff. It's, and it's awesome. It's all from the Bobby and, and yeah, Gorilla Yeah, they, they just era. ignore all the bullshit, basically. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this is when the show was good. And then... And then the following week groundbreaking and i'm not complaining raw i mean great yeah, you know that was that new that was fresh the, the program that's still on to this day yeah unfortunately but that was a fresh and groundbreaking and total opposite of primetime it was live and they had the, was, the, the recurring story that was from primetime where bobby couldn't get in and he yeah. dress up like a lady and all this <laughs> yeah all that stuff yeah so my final uh thoughts on this is i love primetime it's one of my favorites too yeah and, Definitely, and it's one of yours too. Right? It's, just I mean, a, it's always fun to talk about. It's fun to just turn on. Yeah. It's, it's just like wrestling comfort food, really. It is. You I, can just watch the segments rather than the matches and yes. still be entertained. And it's it there's that's like a half an hour right there. Yeah, it's like twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, it just really a is good time. So, folks, we are going to take another break. We will be back in a few seconds because we're reviewing something. Back after this. Hey, there's Tony now. Hi, how are Tony. you? Tony, how are you doing? Good to see you. Gee, it's been a long time. Sit down, please. We were talking about some of the famous people that have been in and signed some of the, the buns. I noticed Don Shula was up there on the wall along with Tiny Tim and a whole host of people. Well, since 1972, uh-huh. the first person that signed a bun here was Burt Reynolds. You're and kidding. ever since then, we've always been looking for good looking people, Gorilla. Well, you don't want the brain to sign one then, do you? Last pair of buns I signed was a stripper Would you named Kitty stop? Litter. That's not necessary. Well, you asked me. <laughs> sign your bun before you eat it. It's going to be hard to do without a mirror. <laughs> sign my... Sign the bun, yes. Would, would you mind doing We'd that? We'd like no. to encase your buns on the wall. That sounds reasonable to me. It's like eating at the Y. Uh-huh. <laughs> G-O-R. Will you stop... What, what are you hungry for, Brain? What do you What do you want to eat? I'll, I'll, I'll go get it. I'd like to eat a Chasen's in Beverly Hills. You Will know? you stop? And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us this Monday, January 2nd, 2017. Quinn, let's remind the folks that in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our Royal Rumble special. Oh, I'm excited about this. Who's going to be joining us, Quinn? I hear through the grapevine, Scott Keith is coming back Scott to the show. Scott Keith is coming back. Lord Alfred worked it out for yeah, us. Yeah, he worked 
something. I don't know. I love that Lord Alfred. Yeah. Been, been a great pain in the ass, but also works out the deals. Well, he's been letting us go a couple extra minutes these last couple weeks. So You know what he has? And that's good because our next segment, Quinn, we're reviewing something. It's exciting. Our <laughs> second review. <laughs> that's ever. right. Ever. And we're not reviewing King of the Ring 94. <laughs> yeah, we don't review popular things. No. Today, folks, what's on the docket is WCW Prime <laughs> from January 15th, 1996. That's right, WCW Prime. I'll explain what that is right now, actually. Okay, go ahead. That was a show that ran from early 95 until sometime in 97. And it was basically stuff that was taped during the Disney tapings. The MGM Studios, I yeah. think it was. But it was Disney MGM. Disney MGM. So the same tapings as, like, Pro and Worldwide. Yeah, it's got the spinny ring. Yes. And it aired on this network that I had never heard of called the Prime Sports Network. Oh, that's why it was called Prime? Yes. I didn't know that. Me neither. And it was like a conglomeration of, like, regional sports networks. Now, during this show, they note that, um... That they're on every day of the week or something? Yes, they do mention that. So, <laughs> What does that even mean? How does that even, is it just the know. same show every they just day? They replay it every day? On the seventh day they switch? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So it opens with what Quinn called a technology opening. Yeah, do you want to explain the, that? It's a, you know how WCW Saturday Night used to open? Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like they're in like it's like a hall of technology basically, <laughs> and it's like zooming towards a door. It's very industrial. And there's and like, like on the walls of the technology, there's like <laughs> wrestlers doing things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. It doesn't stupid. make sense. It's, but it's basically it's in the same vein as Saturday Night with the Robo Arm and yep, all that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very Robo. Yeah, like industrial cave. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to explain. You'd have to see it. it you Look would up prime opening. Yeah, WW prime opening. <laughs> and this particular episode is hosted by. By Chris Cruz, yay. Hi, everyone, I'm Chris Cruz. And Dusty (laughs) Rhodes. And Dusty Rhodes. Which, okay, so that's, I would say, the joy of this episode. Yes. Dusty Rhodes as a commentator is one of the most, like, I don't think it gets as much credit as it deserves. I would say he's underappreciated. He makes so, like, he makes the dumbest matches, like, fun because he's just, like, goofing around. You could tell he's just filming all of these at, like, once. Yes. And that he's bored. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And he's just ridiculous the whole time. And in this episode, he's got this big white dress shirt on. Oh, yeah. And a ball cap. Like, he yeah. looks, he totally looks <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. No. He just showed up, like... You know, he was at his house, and he's like, I'm coming to work, guys. <laughs> so so Chris Cruz and Dusty hype a couple of matches. We're going to, believe it or not, we're going to get Eddie versus Lord Voldemort. Well, well let's clarify who that is. That's, we, we never really have that's that. That's Chris Benoit, folks. Chris Benoit, yes. That's right. And we're also going to get DDP versus Johnny Boone, or... <laughs> as, as Dusty calls him, the whole entire show, Daniel Boone, he, like the, the frontier yeah. hero. Daniel Boone! Whatever. He will not stop calling. <laughs> William Daniel Boone. He's excited about this match from the beginning, just and it, he's just a jobber, just because of his name. Yes. And Quinn, what kind, of, what kind of ring are we dealing with here, since it's Disney? Right, like I said before, the spinny ring. <laughs> yeah. So basically what this was, was they had this set for a lot of their shows back then at the MGM Studios, and 
let's just clear this up. It's basically a soundstage with, yes. like, a wall of people. Yes. And they look like they're on, like, rides because they have, like, these <laughs> black handles in front of all of them. Like, they're, like, strapped into yeah. these seats. <laughs> they have, and it's they, like, you can't leave. You're not allowed to leave until this shit is over. Yeah. And, um... To me, they look like a video game audience from, like, they Super do. Nintendo. They do. They totally look The way look they're like, stacked. It's, it's that whole WCW thing about how I say, like, WCW is, like, video game wrestling. <laughs> like, on all their, like, non-Nitro programming. But anyway... The, the ring. ring, the ring itself, in between the matches, will spin in circles, and it seems like really horrible. And like David <laughs> Penzer just sits in the middle of it while it spins all the yeah. time. Like, isn't that like disorienting? I wonder if they charge admission and you can go on that as a ride when the taping <laughs> ended. I hope so. I mean, <laughs> what it's if it like was the main attraction? Like a carousel for something. Well, and- <laughs> the other thing about it that's kind of like sucks is like when they go outside the ring. There's yeah. like they almost have to like st- it's like a carousel, so you have to like step up, oh, yeah, I know. like on it, and it looks like it hurts. Like if you get body slammed on it, because it's like there has to be machinery under there, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so that's the type of environment we're dealing with here, right. folks. Our first match is. Is VK, not Mr. Okay, not Michael, but VK Wall this Street. This is like when he's brand new. Yeah, well, he returned from being Wall right. Street from like 90 and 91. Right, exactly. So he's VK, and of course, that's a very subtle jab at Vincent, Vincent Kennedy. Kennedy Mc- against Barry Houston. <laughs> yeah, instead Barry. Of, instead of uh, Sam, Houston. Sam Houston, yeah. And, and you made an interesting observation yeah, about VK. VK Wall Street's coat, he has like a. You know, like a dress coat or whatever, sports yeah. coat, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Just a million buttons on it. <laughs> Too many. It's so 90s. <laughs> like, and it's, you know what was the other dumb thing about it? It had like a little money symbol on the top. Like, who, who, where, like, if you're like a. On Wall Street, right? You're, you're a trader. Street, you're you, a broker. I put money symbol on my <laughs> sport coat. What an asshole. Like, like seriously. And, and the other thing that I found about him is his hair is really crappy. Oh, yeah. No, he just, he looks like he should be a jobber, but he isn't. What did you say about his tights? Like, the, the, Oh, his tights, they look like the Owen Hart tights because it has like, it says Wall Street, but it's like that, you know how Owen Hart had the danger, danger. strips? Yeah. It's like a yellow strip strips. that says Wall Street on the back of his tight. And he does have like the black Owen Hart style tights. He does. And they're short, like yeah, Owen. Yeah. yeah. So Chris Cruz says VK is as mean as a rattlesnake. So what is he, Stone Cold? He's Stone Cold Wall Street. In January of 96, (laughs) that was cutting edge. And this brilliant crowd chants Walmart, Adam. By the way, the boos are all piped in. Like, you can tell the whole show. Like, anytime they need a boo or a cheer... It's like you can tell it's a slap. Right, yeah, it's like right over. Like, yeah. I could do that in post you right now. You might as well do a boo, like, yeah. right now. There okay, you go. See? Yeah. So, the crowd chants Walmart, which I really thought was yeah. very original. Yeah. Dusty, like you mentioned, because he's fun, he is so incomprehensible at this point. I love it. I know. That's no, my, I do too. I, I'm not I'm not crapping on yeah, that. Yeah, no. Like, that is the best part. That's the best part of this show. <laughs> he's making no sense, and he, I don't even think he's watching. No, he's he just doesn't seem like things. he's watching. He's just talking to Chris Cruz, like, probably sipping coffee or something, because it's like, you know, 7 in the morning when they did the voiceover for this. <laughs> Barry Houston looks like Bart Gunn's cousin, like, doing a Chris Benoit impression. 
I can't explain it, but he does. That's funny. <laughs> Who's the ref, Quinn? Nick, Nick Patrick is the ref, and he's all fat. <laughs> Way like, too fat. It's like, I think when he came to WWE, he was thinner, right? And he's he, older. He was. Yeah, but he's. this is his fat era. This is like right before he became evil ref. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even remember him being this fat like a year later, though, right? No, no. <laughs> he was like Not ultra fat here. He's very fat and overweight. <laughs> well, there was some weird thing, and maybe this was common for these tapings, but like VK's like video... Right. He's like on the whole time in the background on that the screen. That was bizarre. Like, and I didn't notice it till like halfway through the match. It's very weird. <laughs> I know. What's so, the finish? So VK wins the match with what they call the Wall Street Crash. It's basically a Samoan drop. <laughs> he wins with the fucking Samoan what drop, f- like they, like they it's nineteen seventy nine. It's just your typical jobber match. It and, sucked. But I mean, VK Wall Street isn't even deserving. He's a jobber to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the ring, though. I, 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 I keep saying it. I know you like the ring. Uh, that's that's the highlight of that match, because <laughs> so, so, we're getting used to it Yeah, again. So Chris Cruz, they take a break. Chris Cruz says, we'll be back with Heyo Jim Duggan. <laughs> Heyo Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Really? That's worse than you can hear the yo's. Yeah, the Heyo Jim Duggan. Heyo Jim Duggan. He always Duggan. says Heyo. Yeah, remember how Duggan's catchphrase is Heyo? <laughs> so Duggan fa- faces Mike Corey, who I actually remember being a WWF jobber like right before this. Now, this wasn't that sloppy looking guy, right, with the red hair? No, no, no okay. that's a different guy. We'll, okay, get, to we'll him. get to him later. Our ring announcer is David Penzer spinning around in that ring. Yep, he's, he, I'm <laughs> surprised he hasn't thrown up. Who's the ref, Quinn? The ref? Yeah. Um, who was it? Uh, it was the guy from the video game. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it was Mark Curtis. Yeah, the guy who was like the anime guy <laughs> yes. in like WCW versus the World or whatever. Yes. It, it's amazing. I do have to mention here. This is my least favorite version of Duggan. I know I did him as a then and now, and I do like Jim Duggan, but this is my least favorite version of him. I don't like him as much, but this is still early enough where he's not super offensive yet. Yeah. You know what I always consider when he had the white boots? That's when he's really, he has the blue boots. When is the white boots? It's later. Like, but he, he, that's when he's just really obnoxious and terrible. (laughs) Okay. So, Quinn, you were saying, like, Dusty's acting like this is live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He really, he's talking about how this is like, on right now in the morning or something this or is the prime baby yeah this <laughs> is like prime time you know like <laughs> it's so weird and i i i feel i don't want to fail to mention this he yeah. does mention at some point about how, like there's some kind of like cow theme too because of like because it's called prime like, oh yeah prime cuts or like whatever prime beef yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that more later. So Duggan wins with the three-point stance. is just horrible. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. And and this is also the part where they had mentioned again with the seven days a week that the show is on. Yeah. I'm, like, very confused and, by this point. And Chris Cruz is still calling him hey Jim Duggan. So <laughs> it wasn't just, like, a, a, a botch. He yeah. thinks that's what he's called. <laughs> he thinks Duggan says hey Yeah. And I, I recall at this point also that um, they say Corey's like a power lifter, but he he's like the size of me. Like he, it's terrible. He looks like shit. He's no power lifter. He's a jobber. So this one, this YouTube video actually has some commercials. So we get a life insurance commercial from this Jill Taylor esque lady in the a Jill Taylor suit. from Home Improvement. Yeah. yeah, and like she keeps mentioning about how a, a buck will like 
have life insurance for your kid. Yeah, one buck. One no, but there's like weird math here where she says something about a buck a month, but then she's like twenty dollars a year. year. Like what? I don't know where she lives where there's twenty months in yeah. the year. Yeah. But it's probably better than where they play college hockey. Yeah. Because that's the next commercial. College hockey promo p- promo comes up. Yeah. Who, okay. Like really? Yeah. That's Who's watching pro- college hockey? Who it's watched- got that weird ESPN from the mid nineties like graphics going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh then we we come back with a big Bubba promo. I always thought Big Bubba should have been a team with Mr. Hughes because like they dress exactly the same. That would be a good team actually. I I really like Big Bubba. I like that they reverted back to him because yeah. like, you know, it was like that like that was his good gimmick in WCW. You might as well right. go back to it. But the funny part during this promo is he has like the Big Daddy Cool music. <laughs> he does. It's like imitation diesel Roseanne music, which is whatever. imitation Roseanne yeah. music. Yeah. So he fights Dave fucking Sullivan. Now this was weird to me. First Ugh. first and foremost, um I recall uh Evad here being uh, Don't call him that, that was his name. E- Dave Dave backwards Evad. Yes, I know. Wasn't he like not really a jobber? Yes, he was a jobber. He sucked. Yeah, but I mean like he would beat guys this match was weird because Who did he beat? He was in that whole Kevin Sullivan was his his brother and all this stuff. <laughs> but he mistreated them or something. Yeah, okay. But anyway, he looks stupid and he's got a fucking rabbit with him. But he's like having all the kids pet it, and then he's like petting the kids on their heads. But the whole time, he comes out dressed like a fucking creator wrestler from like Warzone. Yeah, he looks he's- like dog shit. This is past when he had the long hair, his hair shorter, so now he looks just like someone's dad in like the attic or whatever. It's like how when Frazier had the long hair for the first couple seasons, but then he got it cut. Yeah. It's like that. He's just got this giant green robe on like with a matching shit. hat. So, what did you say about Bubba's like attire? Okay, so. So I like this, by the way. So Bubba comes out with the t- the the you the know coat. the suit jacket yep. and the tie, but then he like rips the tie off, rips the jacket off, and then he starts unbuttoning his his um shirt like he's getting ready to have a, like a bar fight or yeah. something. Like it's awesome. He unbuttons his shirt a little. I honestly can't stand Dave Sullivan. He <laughs> he literally is like the worst thing. Giant Gonzalez is a better wrestler. You think that's bad? <sighs> Yeah, that's a that's nah, a close I, call right there. Yeah, uh, Evad is useless to me. He is useless. Pee Wee is the ref. Randy yeah, Anderson. Anderson. So what happens with the rabbit here? <laughs> so, oh, this is awesome. So Bubba, this is weird because there's just zero background. Yeah. So Bubba, like right when the match starts. He, like, runs out of the ring, and I I didn't notice this, but the rabbit's in, like, a little house yeah, thing, yeah. like, on the side. Like, literally, like, it looks like a house, like, painted and everything. Yeah, it's green. And Bubba starts dragging it out of the ring, but he's holding his hand over his mouth, and they mention that he's allergic to rabbits. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, Evad, like, stops him and then hits him with the rabbit house thing, with the rabbit in it. Yes. And then, on top of that... Um, Chris Cruz mentions that, like, rabbit hair is all over Dave Sullivan, so the allergicness is, like, strategy to, like, stop Bubba in the match. And, like, Bubba's, like, selling the, like, the rabbit allergies. hair allergies. Yeah. It doesn't work for too long because Bubba, Bubba tapes his fist and just <laughs> knocks the fuck out of Sullivan. Yeah, he and with the tape, like, blatantly, like, hanging, like, the roll, like, on the side yes. of his hand. And then after it's over, he, he reveals. Sh- he reveals the, that he had a roll of quarter. <laughs> yeah, some, where did that come from? I didn't see that. So we get a promo, Quinn. What is it? Karate Fighters. I love them. Who didn't have Karate Fighters? They, they were, were all, awesome. I had the yellow pants one from the one in the promo. Fucking I did too. Awesome. They were like the Rock'em Sock'em robots of the 90s. Yeah, like, basically. You know, that's they were what they were. so much fun. Awesome. 
Uh, then there's an ad for Slick 50 oil. I use Gastrol GTX. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> and then what the hell? This is like the worst Tootsie Roll. It's just like a graphic that I don't even know how to describe this. It makes Tootsie Rolls look like shit. Like I would never want to eat them. It looks like a like a gold bond style like baby powder thing. Like it's awful. And it says like 90% less fat or something. It's awful. Then gold bond. Yeah, then gold. Yeah, then gold bond. So so we get this really, really, really awkward Rogaine commercial. Now, I said during this that they put up a number. Yes. 1-800-441-6999. It is the most awkward Rogaine I was gonna, commercial. I said I should call it, but I feel like we don't have enough time for that right now. So <laughs> one of these days, I'll call one of these commercials. Okay. But then we get a Time Life Books Oh yeah, the books. This is amazing. So they they there's a commercial for Time Life books. Yes, and like they, they like saw like books in half and like it makes a new like, book and it makes a new book somehow. And like it's so weird because they're like you can borrow this book from the TV commercial for a 15 day. Why do people? Wouldn't you just go to a library for that? Like why? Why would you borrow it from the fucking commercial? Also, like, the guy in the commercial is really way too serious. Yeah, he is way too serious. Like, they're sawing books in half in the commercial. They can have fun with this, right? This guy's acting like he's doing fucking Shakespeare. Listen, the, the way this commercial should have ended is, is he opens the book to read it, but, like, the outside is all together, and the pages fall apart out of it from the saw. Like, all ripped up. Like, that should have been the joke. They fucked it up. They did fuck it up. So we return to Prime with... U.S. champion one man gang. This is the this is the jobber <laughs> versus Bobby Star, who looks like <laughs> he looks like Joe Dirt had sex with Carrot Top. <laughs> He's got big red mullet, yeah, like Joe Dirt. But it's just <laughs> and I love the gang as a kid. I mentioned I love the Twin Towers. Now, I love one man gang slash Akeem. We'd be remiss to mention that they're yelling about him being the U.S. champion, but he doesn't have the belt because this is clearly filmed before he won it. Yeah, because they keep saying newly crowned U.S. champion. If he was newly crowned, he should be holding up the belt all I know. happy about it. This aired in January. This match is probably from like November. Yeah, it's you know? so long ago. So the referee is big fat Nick Patrick again. Yeah, all fat. <laughs> Dusty. Dusty. Oh, this is amazing. Now, d- you confuse this in the show notes here. Dusty says he looks like a lady or something. Yeah. And then Chris Cruz comments that he looks like Lucille Ball. <laughs> Dusty says he looks like another woman that I'm not remembering right now. But they, they, they're they just calling the jobber a woman, basically. Yeah, they are. And then Chris Cruz says, Oh, this is so good. Please tell say this. Bobby Starr has an evil twin named Robbie Starr. And what? why? The only like, purpose I could ever see for that is so if he's facing a, a face rather than a heel, he, he would he it would match or yeah. whatever. So that, that led us to think, hey, does the gambler have an evil twin named like the investor? <laughs> Yeah, the, the the wise investor, <laughs> yeah. like, and he like isn't like all like dirty he's and very shit. smart with his yeah, money. He's clean cut. <laughs> he wears a shirt or something. <laughs> so this match is just like absolute squish. It's terrible. Gang's like all happy though yeah. during it. He's got he's like a heel. double hips because he's so fucking fat. Extra hip. Yeah. So he's. <laughs> oh, this is good. He what? He has the chain. He does have a chain. Remember, I was saying Hercules couldn't use the chain because he wasn't heel. Yeah, gang's Hercul- a heel. Yeah, but why is why did the gang have a chain? Like, what was he supposed to be? Like an auto mechanic? Yeah, I guess. I mean, wait, really? It, no, not an auto mechanic. But I always felt like it was a biker gang thing. The one man gang, like a biker gang. 
So when they, you know, that makes sense, right? No. What is he in Streets of Rage two? When does he fight with a chain? All I know for? about this match is that Dungeon of Doom music that fucking one man gang comes out with. It never makes you good. Ever. <laughs> yeah, so it the, just immediately makes you shitty. It's weird that he was U.S. champion. Even. It's weird that he was in the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, what is he's oh, like well, too normal for no, that? No, that makes sense, and I'll tell you why. Because he's fat. No, because it's somebody from WWF to go beat Hogan. Yeah, but still, weren't most Dungeon of Doomers fat? They were. He's pretty fucking fat. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why he was in it, because he was fat. Oh, there was also giants, yetis, all sorts of Kamala. weird Yeah, Kamala. B- fucking King Curtis. It's always... You know what I felt like the Dungeon of Doom was? Horrible? It, no, not just horrible. But it's always the one-off... It was a combination of all the one-off, like, supervillains that would fight Hogan. Yeah. But, but they were all, like, a collective of them. Didn't Zeus join them for, yes, like, he was one thing? Z-Gangster. Z-Gangster. Yeah. All they were missing was, like, Killer Khan, and they would have been set. Yeah. So we come back with a WCW Japan logo logo for <laughs> Masa Saito with Sonny awesome. Ono, of and course. I, and I had said to you, this guy is the big tubs, huh? <laughs> Masa Saito? He's all fat. And, and he's fighting uh, Chuck Williams. Yeah, the be- my favorite thing yeah. is Dusty, right at the beginning, s- says something like, this guy isn't in his 30s. Like, 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 like that's young. Right. Like, he should have said this guy isn't in his 20s to describe him as old, not this right. guy isn't in his 30s. He makes him look older. He and does He's got, like, a older. big bald spot on he the back. He looks like Haku's dad. He, so. looks, he looks like a giant bag of garbage. We've got anime ref Mark Curtis yeah. again. And... <laughs> Oh, this is good. When we realize <laughs> the jobber, the jobber, so you could you could go with this one. Chuck Williams, the jobber, is the Rockin' Rebel from like early ECW. Yeah, which was in, he was actually pretty good. The Rockin' Rebel. I disagree, but, but that's you fine. know he's a reputable guy in ECW. <laughs> so we're watching. They this, mention it though. They, they say they mention it. it they yeah. say it, which is really weird. So as we're watching this, Quinn just blurts out, <laughs> "Why is this happening? <laughs> I I don't get it." Why is Masa Saito there? Like, why is the Rock and Rebel there? <laughs> th- these are two guys that really I don't ever remember seeing on any WCW no, programming. We at never all. watched Prime before. Yeah. So in the meantime, because he's fighting a Japanese guy, a USA chant breaks out from this dumpy Wonder Bread crowd here. <laughs> and Dusty and Cruz, I swear, they are talking about literally. Anything except the match going on. I noticed this. I said, I don't think Saito has nipples. He says, fat has absorbed them. <laughs> and then Quinn's like, hey, watch him win with something really stupid. <laughs> then, so, of course, he puts He starts in- doing, like, five things yeah. that I think could be a finisher. So he does, like, a suplex, a Russian leg. So yeah. It's like he's Bret Hart all of yeah. a sudden. <laughs> and then and it like- all ends up with an ankle lock. Yeah, and he- That's his finisher. And and Rock and Rebel taps to it before tapping was a right. thing. Well, he's tapping... This is weird, because he's tapping at first... And then, like, the referee doesn't recognize the tap, and right. then he says he quits, like, a couple of seconds later. Because tapping didn't really become the way out until Shamrock. Now, he holds the hold, this and they're like, he's, he's got, they're like, he's got intense concentration. He's closing his eyes while he's doing it or whatever. He looks horrible. And then Ono yells at the ref. He doesn't speak English. Right. Right? And then finally he tells Saito to break the hold, and then <laughs> Saito proceeds to speak English to Ono, and Ono goes, oh, he does speak English. <laughs> like, all this right into the camera. Saito, don't worry, but he don't speak English. No understand. Don't worry. <laughs> Believe it or not, that might be one of the highlights of the show. It's really good. That is really funny. So, um, we get DDP, finally, because Dusty cannot contain himself. Yeah, this this is his favorite match of the night. So this is still heel DDP, of course, with his old music. Right. He's like a big scum. But this is post-losing Kimberly. 
Yeah, he doesn't have Kimberly anymore. And he's, he's upset about this. He's got his crappy purple tights and on. And he's got the, the numbers that Kimberly would hold with him. Yes, the he zero has those and with the him. Ten. Yep. So he's fighting Johnny Boone, or as Dusty continues to say, Daniel Boone. And he's dressed like what? I don't 1987 know. 1987 Maj- <laughs> Marty Janetti. Looks like dog shit. Mark Curtis, again, the referee. Yeah, I just blurred out Chris Cruz sucks in the middle of this. <laughs> so this match goes on. It's it's quick. Dusty pulls him up after a two count. Remember that coin, but the bell rang anyway? Yeah. that No, that was not Dusty. I'm DDP, sorry, DDP. Excuse DDP me. pulls him up yeah. <laughs> at, after a two count, but yeah. then the idiot on the side rings the bell, <laughs> yeah. and then they just keep wrestling. Yeah. So And Dusty still will not stop calling him Daniel Boone. <laughs> DDP is like all sloppily wrestling. He's like not even trying. It's like he knows he's on prime. Yeah, like, he's this literally is not shit. trying. So he wins with a running diamond cutter. Yeah, no one, no one cares. With no fanfare at all to the diamond cutter, and that move was over really fast after this too, which is funny. <laughs> so Dusty goes into this whole tangent about how the guy that does the replays, his name is Cliff. <laughs> yeah, he keeps mentioning it's like, uh, what's his name? He runs the the back the backstory thing. He plays like, the back the reback the, the rebacks. The rewind, what do they call it? What's the call? Baby? Good job, Cliff. All right, who's Cliff? Cliff? Who is Cliff? He's my return man. The guy to return the matches on me. You know what I mean? What do you call it? Return, uh... Slow motion. Yeah, slow motion. Yeah. It's the replay, Dusty. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Re- good job, Cliff. Good, good job, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like clear. The commentators. Yeah, yeah, they just give no shit. Yeah, they do not care that this is even on. So, so this is a funny thing. We go to commercial. Yep. And there's a totally awesome sports bloopers, including camel racing. All the footage looks like it's from 1974. Call now at 1-800-537-8500. So we come back to Prime and Chris, oh, this Cruz, is good. Yeah, Chris Cruz prefaces everything by saying that hundreds of <laughs> thousands of people have demanded this match. And Dusty calls this, what is it, Quinn? <laughs> the Prime Cup Moo Match of the Week. Which is Eddie Guerrero versus Lord Voldemort, Lord, Chris Benoit. Yep. And then Dusty Moos? Dusty Moos before they introduce it, after they come out of their, their technology center or whatever. Like, literally, he moos like a cow. Yeah. He, he moos like an actual cow. He yeah. really does this on this TV. This is our featured contest of the night, by the way. And the ring is spinning. Yeah. Everyone's alive as Benoit yep. makes his way to the ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, it stays that way. Eddie Guerrero <laughs> with the shit jacket. Yeah, uh, I, I had asked you about this in the middle. What do you think of that jacket? I don't like it. He yeah. looks stupid. He and does look stupid. You you were telling me you think he looks like a goof. Like- oh, when he had the fluffy mustache, he looked like shit. <laughs> like I don't understand why he he was like U.S. champion during this time period. He did. Yeah. So I wanted to just explain something. Dusty goes into this tangent because he's <laughs> he's being absurd that there's a guy off screen that tells people to chant for Eddie and then. He he says he made that up. So the match goes on. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, that's a good preface because yeah. this comes up later. He's like, yeah, there's a guy off there chatting for Eddie. Tell him to chat for Eddie. No, I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> then he's like calling Chris. Remember that when he's like Chris He's calling Cruz- Chris Cruz young, but he's not. Chris Cruz is clearly like, like 45. or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> is, do, you, I think you said this. Is, is Dusty, Dusty drunk? drunk? Yeah. And then Quinn says, I, I, feel- I, I feel like I never know what Dusty is talking about. <laughs> and then the camera... Cuts to uh, yeah, a guy. Awesome. <laughs> it cuts to a guy literally conducting like the a conductor yeah. for Eddie. Like that Dusty had said was fake earlier. It's real. Yeah. So, you know, not surprisingly. This I mean, is it's, the best match, yeah, without it's question. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, it's a really good little match in the midst of Dusty being senile and this miracle whip Although it has crowd. a shitty ending. 
It does. We do get a commercial break in the middle, which is a century of war from Time it's Life. It's literally every war of the 20th century covered in like a five-tape VHS yes. set. It's awesome. If you're a war buff, order this now. Yeah. We come back to the match, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Eddie and hits the frog splash, but what happens, Quinn? Pillman runs in. Yeah, Brian And this Pillman. sets up some kind of feud between the Four Horsemen and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, which I, I, I don't guess. remember. And they're hyping up Clash of the Champions, by the way. We they are, to mention, which is coming up Pillman's soon. Pillman's supposed to wrestle Eddie at Clash. That's which why he does. Happens, That's so. where Bobby Heenan has his infamous, the, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, the one he touches his neck or whatever. Yep. I mean, this was a good match that this Sunny Delight drinking <laughs> crowd didn't appreciate. <laughs> it was all like babies in the crowd. Yeah, it was a good match, though. Yeah, and then the <laughs> ending makes no sense as they talk about dressing up as different <laughs> presidents. Cruz wants to be Nixon. That's how the show ends. Yeah. They just, they, they're all happy about the one-year anniversary. Yeah, they just delve off in this they just, just talking about nothing absurd president's day as well also i'm gonna play george washington who am i gonna be in my country huh who am i gonna be thomas jefferson richard nixon maybe yeah that's about right yeah because you're close to getting off so here. overall folks that's wcw prime from january 15th 1996 visit to another time another show we've never seen absolutely and that's the goal here folks when we review something we want it to be something we haven't seen i agree yeah I have seen all the WrestleManias. I've seen all the SummerSlams. I've but I seen didn't a, see WCW Prime. I've never seen WCW Prime, and I'm going to say it was not um, offensive. <laughs> it was comedy. It was a typical jobber show, but enhanced by the fact that Dusty's there. Dusty's there, which really gave it some charm. I really did legitimately think the Sonny Ono, the Sonny Ono thing, thing was, was funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the English. Yeah, and um, the main event, I guess, the feature contest. The commercials were pretty funny. Looking yeah, they back were at it too. The the main event, uh, Guerrero Benoit, that was good. It would have been a main event on Nitro. Yeah, that like, was that fine. Was a good match, perfectly acceptable. I mean, match. they had a run in, but it was still fine. Yeah, no, it was good. So. Folks, there it is. We've reviewed something. W- knock WCW Prime off the yep, list. Yep, check that one off. You can yeah. find that on the internet somewhere. I'm not going to say where because well, I, I would like say we're the only channel. podcast that's uh, reviewed WCW Prime. Hey, if nothing else, we bring that to the table. And folks, right. we're going to continue to bring things to the table. We love doing this for you. We want to hear from you. So be sure to tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. You can do what else, Quinn? You can. Uh, Get us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You could review us on iTunes. We really yeah, need that Yeah, we would stuff. appreciate yeah. that. Uh, you can find us, of course, on player.fm. Yeah, you can go to our website, ovppodcast.com. That has com. all the stuff we have over there. Yep. Lord Alfred, stop messing around with the music. <laughs> you can also go to our YouTube channel. Yeah. It's a couple of classics, you know. Yeah. It's like a slideshow kind of type of deal. discussions, you know. Yeah, no, it's fun. So, folks, we will, we will be back next week. We're happy to talk to you. Quinn, anything else? Uh, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Happy New Year again, yeah, 2017. Happy New Year. Yay. Happy New Year. Big show as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great rest of your day. Hopefully you have the day off, but even if you don't, hopefully we help you pass some time at work. Yep. That's what we're here for. Yep. That's what we're here for. See you next week. See ya. Hello, everyone. Andrew Lamont-Soon along with Bobby DeBrain, Heenan, and Brain Tullis. Christmas is over now. Were you naughty? Were you nice? Did you get anything good or that usual bag of coal? I got the Intercontinental Championship back, so I must have been nice. But hey, I'm looking forward to New Year's now. My New Year's resolution is to get the World Wrestling Federation Championship in the family. Brain, that's not what New Year's resolutions are all about. You're supposed to be doing something with them to improve yourself. Winning the championship of the World Wrestling Federation would certainly and financially improve me. Will you stop? Stop, stop, stop.